Hey ladies and gents, and welcome back to the Controlled Interest Gamecast, where we talk about video games and everything happening in the industry. As always, I'm joined by Jordan. Cody ho! Uh, no Dom this week, he's doing adult stuff, so unfortunately I can't be on the video game podcast. Um, yes, yeah, so it's a two-man show once again. Uh, also, Ian is with us this week. Uh, he's going to be back next week, had a reschedule, so look out next week when he's on. Um, yeah, so let's just hop right into what we've been playing. Jordan, obviously I haven't talked to you for a couple of weeks. Uh, I only really had... Uh, I wouldn't say I didn't have a lot of time, but I just chose to use my time on Monster Hunter World. Um, so I haven't really gotten back to Celeste or uh, Wolfenstein yet, which is a shame, but I'm, I'll am i talk about now why I'm uh, playing Monster Hunter World so much. Um, I'm kind of ashamed because I still haven't watched uh, Cloverfield Paradox yet, which I know people have mixed opinions on, whatever. I still want to watch it because I love the Cloverfield movies. Haven't gotten to that yet. Haven't watched uh, Altered Carbon yet, which sucks. Um, and there's an, an, another movie that came out on Netflix. I don't know if you've heard of it, Jordan. It's getting some, some buzz, The Ritual. Oh, God. I'm so glad you mentioned The Ritual, Jared. I watched it, not on Netflix. I just watched it in these past couple weeks, and I love The Ritual. Awesome. I've heard people talking about it, and they're like, it's something you definitely want to check out. They, you know, It's not for everybody, but it's a very interesting movie. So I have that on my docket as well. Dig. I think awesome. we have similar taste in horror movies, and uh, I think you'll dig. I'm not gonna, awesome. I don't want to say <laughs> anything about it. I just want to talk to you about it once you've watched it, but I love The Ritual. Awesome. Uh, so Monster Hunter World, I talked about last week with Dom that um, I'm really enjoying my time with this game. I'm loving the grind. I'm loving the story currently, and obviously we'll have an update from you as far as if you've played any more of it since when we first talked about it. I'm about 35 hours in now. Um, mm. I think I'm Hunter Rake 10 or 11. I've just finished the quest in the Rotten Vale, like that little quest line with uh, with the lady you meet down there. I don't want to spoil it for anybody if you haven't gotten there yet. Um, but yeah, I'm just I'm in the in the loop of you know getting gear and getting better stuff. Um, I've heard some hearsay of like you know don't upgrade your armor before Hunter Rank 13 because apparently after you hit Hunter Rank 13, the baseline armor at Hunter Rank 13 is better than anything below that. So it's mm. kind of like you're wasting time. It's kind of like it's not a huge detriment to the game. Like, you're not going to be worse off for upgrading stuff early, but it's kind of like the uh, the A-line track, right? Of, like, if you know that beforehand, then you're, you feel better about it. You know what I mean? It's kind of that, one yep. of those things. Um, yeah, so I'm not really upgrading any armor, but I am, <laughs> with my OCD nature, I'm making sure to build the armor sets of each animal I'm not or monster. I'm not necessarily upgrading them. Um, but, man, these environments, especially the coral highlands, so beautiful. I don't know if you've gotten there yet, Jordan. But, man, it is a beautiful landscape. The ecosystems are as intriguing as ever. The different monsters and animals and smaller uh, little weird creatures are really cool. Um, I had the itch. Uh, you, you know, you, you get trophies here and there, right? You wouldn't say you're like a, like a dedicated trophy hunter, but you like, like to dabble in it, right? Um, yeah. So I was playing Monster Hunter, and I'm like, I remember there was achievements for rare creatures. And I was, I, so I looked up some YouTube tutorials on how to get them because they're rare spawns. Some of them spawn on the backs of some of the herbivores, and one of them is a rare fish spawn in a specific area in the Rotten Vale, I think. Um, and I was just like, you know what? I'm at the point where I just want to hunt some of these achievements and get these rare critters. And the cool thing is you can display them in your own room, right? When you catch these animals, you can display them. Um, so I went around, and I got those achievements, and it was fun. People were saying that for one of them, it, it takes you, it could take you up to an hour to get them just on like repeating, going back to Astera, going out and trying to hunt for it. I finished all three within 40 minutes, but I had a pretty good loop of like, go here, check here, go there, go there, go there, go back to Astera. So I had a nice little loop of trying to look for them and it was fun. I did it while I was listening to a podcast. Um, yeah, I'm enjoying the game. Um, I'm at the point now where I'm brave enough in my Monster Hunter skills to branch out to using the weapons outside of the training area um like the harder weapons like the switch axe and the charge blade and stuff like that my still my mainstay is the insect glaive i just love the aerial maneuverability of it like being able to bounce on the top of a creature and move back and forth once you get the glider mantle uh it definitely helps because the glider ma you've gotten the you've gotten the mantles right jordan or at least the beginning one the ghillie mantle i don't know that i have Okay, so the, the mantles are these things that you equip in your item bar that put a cloak on you and they have different properties. So the ghillie mantle is a ghillie suit. 
hides you from creatures. You can sneak up on creatures. Um, it's very effective, especially for the smaller creatures that tend to scatter when you walk near. Um, and it's very effective for the rare creatures as well that I talked about hunting. The Glider Mantle, which is the second one you unlock, and I think there's a third one, but I haven't unlocked that one yet. The Glider Mantle, what it allows you to do is when you jump through areas, it can catch the wind so you can go farther through the air. But the more important thing is that especially in uh, a working relationship with the Insect Glaive where I'm working in the air, it gives you a boost to your chance of mounting the creature. So it's like a very good synergy there between me being in the air, trying to mount the creature, and giving me an item that boosts my probability of doing so. So those two yeah. things work really well, especially with some of the creatures in the Coral Highlands where a couple of them have a tendency to be more air-based, and there's different ways you can handle that. There's, like, I think, um, uh, things you can shoot at them to kind of ground them, but my the way I handle it is I just go in the air with them and then bring them down. Um, but, yeah, it's pretty – I can go deep into it, but I kind of just want to hear from you because I assume we're going to talk to Ian, too, about Monster Hunter next week when he's on. Um, if you've played it or what you have played. Like I said, I didn't really consume anything outside of Monster Hunter World, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, what about you? So, um, actually didn't play any Monster Hunter. Yeah, that's what I said. Really. Um, I, so, you know, I have a love for all different kinds of entertainment. And usually yeah. I am, uh, you know, bouncing back and forth between a little bit of everything and, and I'm pretty well balanced with it. But sometimes... Um, I just go all in on one thing or just kind of pull away from something entirely. And that's kind of how I've been uh, with games for the past couple weeks. Um, just haven't had the itch necessarily. And another thing, uh, specifically with Monster Hunter, um, the whole, and this wouldn't affect you at all, but um, the whole uh, Horizon Zero Dawn event, uh, oh, yeah. the fact that it was timed and that you had to finish it by... Uh, February 8th for the uh, Palico set, and then they're going to do the the actual um, Aloy skin later, I guess. But um, it just, you know, it's another one of those things that I was talking about with uh, Monster Hunter last time, that there's just some, some obtuse stuff that I'm not too fond of, and that specifically kind of just um, in a way got under my skin to where I was like, you know, I, I'm just not feeling this. I'm, it it kind of just annoyed me that that was the case. And then, you know, kind of just for the moment, at least put me off of that game. Obviously I'm going to return to it. It's not certainly not something to get so upset over that. I stopped playing the game, but I was it's just a like, weird, you know, it just, it's a weird deal for a game. That's not exclusive. Like it's, well, yeah, it's really just the timing thing. Like, I would be cool if if you had like a Master Chief skin or some random shit like that, you know. But it's like, just the fact that you're making me do this within a certain time, I, I can understand maybe they wanted people to uh, pick the game up sooner so that they could get that. Even though I don't necessarily think that would work or matter. Yeah, but what I'm saying but, is, if it was yeah. exclusive, it would make more sense. There's a better argument for me, I think, that like that's why it would be timed is because it's it is a console exclusive and they want you to get a copy of it because PlayStation in essence, would pay for the exclusivity, so they want them to sell X amount of copies. So the way you do yeah. that, especially for opening weekend, is to have a timed event where you make people feel the need to get in as early as possible. Because it's not exclusive, it's weird that you would have an exclusive piece of DLC or gear, but then you also make it timed. It's like double exclusive yeah. to the yeah. platform and then also the time period. Very weird. Yeah. Yeah, very yeah, weird. Yeah, I just wasn't really feeling it, and, and then the fact that I wasn't necessarily... Dying in a game's games. mood. I was just yeah. like, yeah, whatever. Um, but I'll definitely get back to it, like I said. So, um, But anyways, uh, stuff that I watched. Well, I, I should say I've, I've read a couple comics. Got caught up with uh, Paper Girls and Snot Girl. Uh, both comics that I know I've recommended before, but would still strongly recommend really enjoying both of those. They're both uh, on my to-read list. I've had those yeah. for quite a while. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the good thing about comics that I actually really enjoy, other than uh, DC, some of their main series are twice a month. But for the most part, comics are once a month, right? And so yeah. um, you could literally miss an entire year of a series, and it would be 12 issues, plus maybe a special in there. Um, so like 13 probably at the very most. And you can finish that in, you know, less than two hours easily and yeah. still enjoy it. You're not like blazing through them at that point. Just so yeah, blaze. you know, <laughs> just blaze 420, <laughs> whatever. But uh, for real, I mean, you can literally miss an entire year of comics and get caught up real quick. So it doesn't, 
it's not anything i never feel rushed it's like oh i'm this you know four months of paper girls well and they're not even once a month necessarily so it's like i just you know a couple issues a few minutes i'm back in the game so um it's nice and leisurely in that sense i guess um besides that uh let's see yeah watch the ritual last night i watched uh ladybird um, on my watch quite list. a bit awesome yeah um, I did not expect it to be so funny. This, well, I will say, you know, I didn't expect it to be anything because, um, I think the only thing I knew about it was that it was starring Saoirse Ronan and that she was, uh, you know, playing an American character. Um, but, uh, other than that, I didn't know any, anything about it and, uh, surprisingly funny. It was very funny. I laughed a lot. So, um, well done movie. Enjoyed that. Uh, what else? Um, oh, I've been um, re-watching some of the uh, MCU movies, getting ready for Infinity War. I didn't feel like going through the entire thing. Um, but I've, I, basically I chose to do The Avengers and Captain America 2 and 3. So I'm doing them in order of release. So I watched Avengers first, uh, then Winter Soldier I watched yesterday, and then I'll watch Ultron and then uh, Civil War. So... Um, yeah, those those movies hold up super well, Avengers and Winter Soldier, and uh, probably enjoyed them even more than I did the first time. And I just have, uh, I think I've, not that I didn't already appreciate the action a lot in those movies, but um, specifically now, I just have, and, and especially the Captain America movies, like, I have such an appreciation for the choreography of the action, like, um the work that is obviously put into those scenes and how um, well done they are and how smooth a lot of that stuff is. Um, I know they have a big budget and a lot of great uh, CG effects, but um, just the hand-to-hand -hand combat in certain situations is really well done. And the action throughout the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe is really well done, so I really appreciate that about them. Well, the, uh, real quick, the action scene at the beginning yeah. of Winter Soldier is the Navy ship, right? I don't know if it's a Navy ship, yes. but it's on a ship, right? Dude, with George St. Pierre, too. it is straight up. You know, yeah. I don't know if you've seen the uh, the photoshops of uh, Chris Evans as Solid Snake since they <laughs> gave him yeah. a beard for Infinity War. It looks really good. It's actually my computer background right now. Cool. Um, and that scene is basically the opening scene from Metal Gear Solid 2 where you're Solid Snake infiltrating a ship. Uh, quite like that one, actually. And, um, yeah, so, like... Uh, it was so cool, the stealth, um, and yeah, lots of great hand-to-hand -hand combat. Um, yeah, so man, I, I love, I would say um, Iron Man is certainly my favorite Marvel character, and especially in the MCU, like, I just love the way Iron Man is portrayed, and the sound effects, and the way his voice sounds coming through the mask, or the helmet, and, um, you know, the ACDC when he's coming through, um, I love all that, but Captain America is a very close second because there is a lot to love about Cap in the MCU. So, um, very cool stuff there as well. Nice. And then, uh, maybe just a couple quick shout outs here. Um, I'd like to shout out an anime called Kokoku. Um, Kokoku is... <laughs> is a uh it's this anime about this family that has um their grandfather teaches them how to stop time Ooh, and what ends cool. up happening is they actually stop time and go into what they call stasis at the exact same moment that these gangsters um are going into this organized crime mob is it goes into stasis and so if you're you know like um, in stasis at the same moment then you can interact with those other people so um, they're basically there's an artifact that allows them to go into this uh, stasis and it's in two pieces and of course the family has one and the the gangsters have the other so um, really interesting like crime drama with the time travel aspect to it um, sounds like quantum break really, which is dope <laughs> yeah yeah definitely some quantum break vibes there for sure um, you know how much I love Quantum Break, so yeah. Uh, there's that. There's Grand Crescenti that I've been watching, which is just really great fantasy anime. Um, there is um, 
of course, Ancient Magus Bride is still going. That's still great. Um, shit, what was the one I was trying to shout out? Oh, Darling in the Franks. So Darling in the Franks is uh, the latest from Studio Trigger, and it's actually a co-production with A1, um, which is also a really great anime studio over in Japan. And um, this is, you know, giant mech robots um, in a sci-fi world, but it's got a lot of... Um, you know, those in-universe rules that we were kind of joking about before the show, Jared. Um, it's got its own thing going on, its own lore that you're you're slowly learning as they go through. And um, lots of cool stuff. You got some Dune influence in there. You've certainly got some Evangelion influence in there and, and a whole lot of other stuff. Plus, Studio Trigger just brings their own style and sauce to the, to the table that is... Uh, always uh clearly recognizable and uniquely their own so uh really enjoying that um but yeah a few quick anime shout outs rex whatever <laughs> uh yeah it's nice i wish i could watch more anime I, mean, I wish i could watch more things in general i think i need to focus on all of the movies i have on my watch list and stuff because and shows i'm just very bad at watching things it's just like a yeah. a personal problem with me you know what i mean do you have it's, trouble sitting still and focusing or enjoying yourself while you're sitting still or i it's it's not even that i don't have i i don't have trouble sitting still because every time i watch movies i enjoy it um yeah. and like i'm fine with it i i for me it's just like i think it's like i actively like to be doing something but on the opposite end of that, I don't like to be doing anything if I'm watching a movie or a TV show because I like to solely focus on that. I, I yeah. don't – I can't be the person and I've tried of stuff in the background or, like, watching it yeah. passively. Like, I personally just can't do that. Um, I'll even pause a movie if somebody, like, comes in and asks me a question or oh, yeah, in- interrupts me. I'm like, I, I don't know how people can do that stuff. So it's like I'm solely committed to whatever I'm intaking, and I think it's hard right. for me to justify – a specific amount of time for a thing um i'm getting better at it um but like i do love the theater experience even though i don't really like i'm not a, a extrovert by any means but i do love the theater experience it's, it's a very weird relationship i have with uh, tv shows and movies like i loved intaking them it's just i'm very yeah. bad at um doing it uh consistently i guess would be the best way to put it right um so two quick things on that one when i was a kid and um, do you remember how, like, on old AV inputs on your TV, you'd have to go to, like, Channel 3 specifically? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I would always, whenever I was, like, you know, change, if I was going to go play a video game and I'm changing from, you know, Cartoon Network or Nickelodeon or whatever, and I'm like, I'd have this weird FOMO, this weird fear of missing out, where it's like, if I, you know, stop watching TV right now, and go play my video game, then, like, what if something cool comes on? You know, what if a Dragon Ball Same. Z is coming on yep. next or something? <laughs> yep. Now, of course, that's not as much of an issue because, especially for me, all my stuff is digital, and so I watch it literally it's on demand. I want. Yep. Exactly, so I don't ever have to worry about that. But, um, but even still, it's like, if I turn my video game console on, then what about these episodes of this show, you know, The Path or, or whatever's on currently? Um, shout out to The Path. Um, where I'm just like, uh, maybe I just kind of want to watch this. And then it's like, but, but what about the video games? You know, so I, I still feel that. And I get it's, you yeah. know, you just got to kind of go with the flow. If you're feeling games, go with the games. And if you're feeling well, a movie, <laughs> fucking throw a movie. And the, the funny thing is it's hard for me to justify an hour and a half for a movie, even though I know the movie's fantastic. Like, because I don't watch as many movies, I keep a very short list of things I need to watch. And I only watch the things that are... I already have a love for it or an interest for, or that are highly critically acclaimed, right? One of those two right. things. Um, or like, a, you know, if it's a sci-fi movie, I have automatic interest in it. And then I'll see, you know, I'll look into it. But um, yeah. it's funny because I'll be here and I'll be on my computer. And I'm like, let me dedicate an hour and a half to Lady Bird, right? And I'm like, right. that's a long time. But then I'll sit here and I'll watch like six or seven YouTube videos that are in an hour yep. and a half yep, long. Yep, yep. So it's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Sometimes it's, it's, I honestly think it's like, you know, you get into your own head and it's like just sometimes when i'm do it like 
try yeah just trying to figure out what to do next or like which what do i decide do i want to play games do i want to read do i want to watch something it's like just fucking double click that entry yep. on your playlist and fucking roll with it and if you just like click it and don't let yourself outthink your own brain and just sit back and watch and then it's like damn i'm really enjoying this and all i had to do was fucking press play you know yeah i mean um, i have this and, i have this weird thing too where i micromanage hours where i'm like I only have X amount of hours to do things today. Do I really right. want to spend one tenth of that doing this? When it's, yep. I'm very OCD with that stuff. So it's like it's the, not crippling the, OCD, but yeah, it's bothersome. The other thing was actually kind of combined with that, where it's like I have, I do kind of like compartmentalize based on like um, this is stuff that I actively watch. This is stuff that I passively watch. Yeah. And so like movies, obviously I'm going to sit there and actively watch that. I'm not, yeah. Like you said, if someone comes in, I got to pause it. I'm not going to just like talk over the dialogue or <laughs> let the movie even... keep going. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just don't do that. But then there's other stuff that I just passively watch. So like Naruto or one piece, those are 500 plus episodes for both of those. It's like, I'm going to have that on passively. I'm going to put it on my second screen gonna have it on the on the side screen like i'm gonna just you know go through monster hunter world and and farm stuff or whatever and so there's i've kind of like carved out there's times for for each of them and so that way uh i kind of everything kind of balances out in the end and i'm not so much like it it makes the deciding easier because then you're not like pulled in as many directions usually yeah, and I think that's the thing too is I don't really watch any shows that have that many episodes where it justifies like there's a lot of filler here so it's okay to watch it passively. So when I do watch TV right. shows or movies, I, I'm very involved in it. So the only thing I really do passively is YouTube videos and those are a lot more digestible and smaller. So when I'm playing something, I digest that or a podcast. It's, it's a very difficult relationship. I'm, I'm, I'm working. Yeah. I know it's, a, it's not even an issue because it's like intake whatever entertainment you want, but as much as I know I love movies and TV, I see it as a personal problem because I'm like, no, dude, get better at it because you love movies and TV. You, you just aren't good at watching enough of it, you know, for what I yeah. want to watch anyways. Um, <laughs> that being said, let's hop into the news. Uh, one new story yeah. I didn't I didn't add, but I wanted to just state it real quick because it's a Jordan story like hell. I mean, it's a Jared story too. I'm not – I haven't finished The Witcher 3, <laughs> but I'm, I love CD Projekt Red. Um, yeah. They announced that they're going to be at E3 this year. So. Yes. We cyberpunk baby. If they yeah, show up at the Xbox time. show and it's like we have a brand new update to Gwent, I'm gonna be so <laughs> heartbroken. No, um, it's it's. I gotta admit they're in a weird spot with cyberpunk because they revealed it multiple geez. years before yeah. The Witcher Three came out. With yeah, the with the trailer, and so now there's just this trailer. Every time somebody has a YouTube video talking about cyberpunk news, they're just looping this trailer that I've seen five hundred <laughs> fucking times, and it's gorgeous. It's an like awesome five trailer. years ago, yeah. Such a great trailer, but it's like you guys put that out way too quick, and there hasn't been shit all since then. So it's like, please, you got to get this. You know, you got to be careful and smart and calculating with the way that you uh you know are endorsing or marketing this game from here on out so yeah they got they got a thin sheet of ice to be walking on with this one moving forward yeah and i mean i could definitely see it pop up on sony stage don't get me wrong but because of the relationship we've seen at e3 with them with like gwent and stuff mm-hmm. i would assume that we're probably going to see us in xbox's stage but i'm not right. like i would say i'm like probably 70 30 uh, Xbox to PlayStation, yeah. but I could easily see it pop up on Sony stage. It's not; it wouldn't be a surprise or a shock or anything. I don't um, give a fuck what stage you're on. Just show I just me what this see goddamn it. game exactly. is. Like, we know nothing. Uh, so let's hop into the stories here. Speaking of Sony, uh, this was uh, officially leaked uh, first by Laura K. Dale, who's a notorious. I mean, she's most notably known for her Nintendo leaks, um, but she wrote uh, wrote up a piece on Kotaku on their UK page uh, about. Real quick, I have a question, Jerry. Okay. So formerly she was just a leaker, like showing up on Reddit and shit, right? Yeah. And then now she has a job at Kotaku. I guess I didn't even know she got hired there. Yeah. That's what, and I've been hearing people talk about, like, oh yeah, like you know this this journalist over at Kotaku, Laura K. Dale. I'm like, isn't that the chick that was like leaking Switch reports and stuff about Mario Odyssey coming out in 2017? So yeah. Was, well, the crazy thing is, me around there for a sec. She got hired. Emily Rogers, who is another notorious leaker got hired at a game company to do PR and marketing or something, so it's pretty funny there. <laughs> yeah, the person that knows how to get information, let's make sure she keeps our information private. 
And then yeah. uh, Shinobi recently joined a studio too. So You're it's like all these people. kidding me. Yeah, all these people are what getting jobs. What the hell? Yeah. Topsy turvy. Uh, anyways, though, this new story that she wrote about was that the Spyro Trilogy remaster is coming to PS4 this year. Uh, according to multiple sources familiar with the project, Activision is currently working on a Spyro the Dragon Trilogy remaster, which will be announced in March uh, 2018 and released in quarter three of 2018. Uh, the trilogy remaster will much likely uh, will much like this highly successful Crash Bandicoot Insane trilogy feature new assets, cinematics, yada yada yada. It also states that uh, that it's going to have a one year exclusivity deal, which is interesting because if that is the case, I wonder what the whole deal is with Crash Bandicoot. Like, I wonder if they can't even mention that it's coming to Xbox until that exclusivity window's out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, this is awesome because, like I've already stated, I'm I'm. I've I've kind of like locked down and kind of guaranteed that I'm going to get a PS4 and it's like I'm like 95% sure that I will obviously stuff can happen in life and I won't have expendable income to do so. But if everything sure. is fine, I definitely want to get a PS4 this year and definitely before Spider-Man. So if you're telling me that I could get Spider-Man and a Spyro trilogy remaster, which <laughs> is like I love Crash Bandicoot, <laughs> but like not Infamous Second Son. Not Horizon <laughs> Zero Dawn. The thing that sells Jared on PlayStation 4 is fucking Spyro Remade. Well, Spider-Man, and then this is icing on the cake. I actually, yeah, to be I quite guess. honest with you, I dabbled in possibly buying a PS4 last year when the Crash trilogy came out. And it's not that I don't <laughs> love the exclusives that PlayStation has. Like Jeez. They, Jeez. they have Bloodborne, and they have Horizon, and they have a lot of games I'm super interested in. Uh, even the Shadow of the Colossus re, uh, remake. But... Nothing is more powerful than nostalgia, man. Really, when it comes down to it, like for me, seeing and hearing about this like Spyro trilogy remasters, like this is like one of my first video games playing on on a PlayStation. Period. Like obviously, I played the Mario's and stuff, but this was the first game that was like, I don't know how to explain it. It was my game. Like I had my own console. This Your was my jam. This wasn't like my dad telling me about a game he played. This is what my cousin, my mom. Like this wasn't something that they knew that they taught me or showed me. This was. That game looks cool. I want to play Spiral, right? And I played it with my sister, too, which there's, like, a bonding thing there, uh, and Crash as well. And, like, I just – it – it's – how would I say this? It's, like, so ingrained in my childhood, like Pokemon is, that, like, seeing this kind of warms my heart, you know? And as dumb it is, is, as it is on the surface of, like, you're finally getting a PS4 because of Spider-Man, which is cool, <laughs> and Spyro, it's like, hell yeah, dude. It's my childhood. Um, That's the, the quarter three thing – completely makes sense it's uh the 20th anniversary of spyro this year it nice. came out in 98 which is the same is the 20th anniversary of pokemon red and blue releasing in the states which we talked about last week of there possibly being like a remake on switch which would, which would be pretty dope in place of like a new pokemon game um mm -hmm. but it, yeah in, in terms of this being one year exclusive i mean that being on the other side of that of like you know when tomb raider was exclusive it's like a year isn't so long for me to have to wait of like yeah i can wait a year to play this because it isn't this isn't going to win uh, Goaty, you know what I mean? Um, right. But I'm like, this is enough little sp extra sprinkles on it to where, like, I was 95% on getting a PS4 before Spider-Man. Now I'm, like, 98% if this ends up coming true, you know? Um, and props to Activision for, you know, they're known for the Call of Duties and they own Blizzard and stuff and making an asinine amount of money. They never really had to do these things. Though Crash was a success, they didn't really have to. There was nothing in the cards that said this would be a success, you know? Um... And I think it's really cool that they're doing it. Now, I know you really hope that we get that Crash X Combat Racing or Jack X Combat Racing or whatever it is. Jack X, Hell not yeah, Crash yeah. X, sorry. Um, yeah, this is cool. Uh, I'm super excited. I'm glad to see a lot of these remasters coming. Um, when the new generation first came out, people were like, can we get new games and not just remasters? Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm super down with it. Uh, do you have any attachment to Spyro at all? Does this excite you? Oh, yeah. I yeah, love Spyro. I think... Uh... The original PlayStation 1 game, I've got some fond memories of going down to my cousin's house in Georgia and um, always, you know, wanting, asking him to play his PS1 to hit up that Spyro or, like, I'd wake up early before anyone else got up and just play some fucking Spyro, man. Like, love that shit. So, uh, and he's, he's a purple dragon. I mean, what is not to like? You know what I'm saying? So, um, one other thing I want to say, though... All of a fucking sudden, Jared, you know, I look around the games industry and everybody is just absolutely befuddled for no fucking reason. Is it a remake? Is it a remaster? I'll give you they're a pretty quick explanation. E they're pretty easy. Pretty to fucking <laughs> easy to figure it out. If they're 
tightening up assets and they're just cr making them crisper and up in the resolution that is a remaster you know if they're making the audio crisper shit like that you got a remaster if they're building new assets like they did in shadow of the colossus like they did in crash bandicoot insane trilogy and like they're doing with final fantasy 7 uh, parappa the rapper that... was technically a remake they didn't have any of the original assets well, yeah, technically, that, that, Jared, you're fucking confusing people. <laughs> sorry. Okay, sorry. we got these these <laughs> fucking lambs out here that we need to lead into the barn. Yeah, I don't understand. If you're are like, oh, if I'm you're so building confused. new assets, you know, Shadow of the Colossus, Crash, Final Fantasy VII, that's a fucking remake. It's yep. real simple. Crispier, remaster. New assets, remake. I don't understand. I, the confusion. I, I'm, yeah. I'm befuddled by those who are befuddled, Jerry. Well, it's even in the titles of them. A remaster, you're remastering the thing that already existed, right? Right, right. A remake, you're remaking Making something. It. Yes. Yeah, yes. Exactly. Clearly, Crash fucking Bandicoot isn't just tightened up graphics from the PS1 version, right? Exactly. Fucking clearly, Shadow of the Colossus, they didn't just cut out the the jaggies you know like this isn't an Ezio on. trilogy thing where it's you know they, yeah like yeah oh we had a we had a game that we we had running in 1080p or 720p now it's 4k 60 that's what the kingdom hearts remasters are the kingdom hearts remasters right yep it's real simple real simple jerry the, the way i look at it is like uh a, a remaster is turning up the dial right a right. remake is making a, a completely new dial <laughs> there you go yeah there you fucking uh go. okay so if the only, next week... if only everyone would just tune into us we got the fucking knowledge over here <laughs> uh speaking of remakes and remasters uh you know deep silver is kind of notorious for that uh thq nordic acquired uh deep silver this week meaning that they got saints row back which was previously at obviously thq before it went down um, but they didn't purchase Deep Silver specifically. They uh, purchased Cook Media. It's K-O-C-H. Um, the punter for the Ravens is Sam Cook, and it's spelled the same way. I think it's a way to get around them pronouncing it the way it's uh, spelled, which is Cock, which no one wants to be known as Cock Media. I've Sam actually Cock. heard Coke. Like the Coke, Coke brothers, they're, they're Interesting, really yep. wealthy, uh, yep. possible global elitists, uh, and it's spelled that way. I've always heard Coke. I, so I'm familiar with, obviously, the punter in the NFL, so uh, yeah. I'm just going to go with Cook for that sake. Uh, it's K-O-C-H you you, if boo. you want to figure out how you want to pronounce it. Uh, you do you, Majin Boo. <laughs> yeah. So um, they purchased Cook Media for 121 uh, million euro, which is about $149 million. Um, as part of the acquisition, THQ Nordic now has, which was previously Nordic Games, now has Saints Row, which, where is that series? Uh, Homefront, which... Did they really well, get much from that? Saints uh, Row is, you know, Agents, Agents of, of Mayhem. mayhem. It's like, yeah. why? Fucking uh, why? Dead Island, which is... Uh, the funny thing is the one that people, and obviously other properties, the one that people aren't really talking about because Saints Row is the headline that I think could be the most valuable part of this is Metro. They're underrated shooters. The third one's coming out. It looks phenomenal, Exodus. Um, Saints Row's in a weird position, obviously, with Agents of Mayhem. The first Homefront game... Uh, didn't do very well. Um, Dead Island. There was supposed well, to be a second. The second Homefront game. Sorry, yeah, the second one, Homefront Revolution. Apologies. Yep, you're correct there. Uh, Dead Island. Uh, there was supposed to be a sequel. There's been a couple of spinoffs. That franchise yeah, looks that, like it's that's position. my biggest question is what's the deal with Dead Island too? Because it's been having troubles. Um, more just like getting passed around with developers. Like last I heard, it was with Jaeger because. Deep Silver, Deep Silver had moved it over to them, and that was a game that people were really hyped on when it had that trailer that everybody loved so much, and it's yeah. just been so long that they've just, you know, ground that into dust, so I'm really interested to see what happens with Dead Island, especially, I mean, they remastered uh, the first game and then the Riptide, so, yeah, what's the deal? Well, and the, the crazy thing is, like, so Metro... I, I really believe that if they handle it right, can be huge for that series. I think it can be the breakout for that series. Um, and then also THQ Nordic has Darksiders 3 that's supposedly coming out this year too. That one I'm not too sure about, not because of the quality of the game, but I think on the surface, they're both franchises that haven't gotten the love they maybe deserve for their quality. But yeah. a 
first-person shooter in a post-apocalyptic world is a way easier sell if done right than a Zelda-ish style weird kind of fantasy aesthetic. Like, I think Metro has a larger chance to succeed than Darksiders does. Darksiders 3, that is. Yeah, um, yeah it's a very interesting acquisition. Uh, people are joking that, like, oh, they're doing exactly what THQ did and they're going to follow in that same yeah. route of falling for bankruptcy. Um, THQ Nordic is also publishing um, that game with the squirrel, right? Or the, what is it called? Not Escalation. What is it called? Biomutant. Aren't oh, they? I think they're publishing Biomutant as well. The I raccoon. Think. Yeah. Uh, Biomutant is the... It's, it's the guys who were previously former... Avalanche. Yeah. Yeah, they're former Avalanche guys. They're not with Avalanche. But needless to say, that also uh, connects into what I was about to mention, is that this is more proof that the AA game space is alive and well. I get so tired of people always talking about, you know, there's AAA games and there's indies. Well, AAA and indies will be single-A. The AA games are not as dead as everyone likes to say they are. You've got yeah. games like Just Cause 3 and uh, Mad Max that came from Avalanche that were successful. You've got games like... Um, you know, I consider the From Software games more AA titles than AAA. Like, Dark Souls is obviously very successful. You have... Uh, Gravity Rush 2. I think Nier Automata is, is AA Nier Automata is a great example. Yeah. You have um, then the ones they're working on. Like, Biomutant's a great example. And then um, that ex- Row. <laughs> that Extinction game. Do you remember that game we saw at E3 of, like, the dude jumping on the giant orcs? It looked like Attack on Titan, but with orcs. Do you remember that? It's called Extinction. It comes out in a couple of months, I think. It was yeah, it looked like Attack on Titan, except in uh, it was giant like ogre dudes, and like he chopped off his I'll head. Have to look look up yeah. some shots of that one, but um, yeah, I just think that it's not nearly as dead as people make it out to be. Now, when there's good games, they do really well, and when there's you know boring or repetitive games like maybe Agents of Mayhem, then it doesn't do so well. So I think you know Metro. I think have proven themselves with the first two entries, and that's a great double A series that I think is going to be really successful with this third one. So, don't give me this bullshit, you know. Yeah. The double A is totally dead. I don't buy it whatsoever. Uh, so we're gonna hop into some Xbox news real quick. Um, there was some rumblings about uh <laughs> that there's job listings for Gears of War Five, which I don't think is really news. There's a Gears of War, a new Gears of War game in development. The sky yeah. is blue from the Gears uh, of War factory. Exactly. Um, this this news is pretty interesting though. Um, so I'm not I played the Turok game that was on the 360 and I enjoyed it, but I don't really have any ties to the original Turok or Turok Two. I think it's called Turok Two Seeds of Evil. But I do like the concept <laughs> of being in a first person shooter with dinosaurs. Like that just sounds awesome. Sure. Um, uh, about a month ago, there was uh, a, a Peggy rating that came out for Xbox One only for a Turok re- uh, remaster. Once again, a remaster, not a, a sorry, a remake, not a remaster. Apologies. Yeah. Um, and right. people people were wondering when is this coming? When are they going to showcase it? This was originally leaked or rumored two years ago in 2015, uh, and then now we recently got that Peggy rating in January. Um, and then Xbox went and announced that Turok and Turok 2 are coming to backwards compatibility, which is pretty interesting. Uh, basically, this all leads to the idea that at uh, at um, sorry at E3 that we're going to see an announcement of a Turok remake, Turok 1 and 2, coming out exclusively for Xbox. Um, I really hope. Uh, just going off of this, uh, I'm not. I don't really want to gestate on whether it's a, a you know truth to it or not. I think it's pretty pretty substantial evidence that it's happening. I think this is a really cool idea for an exclusive, and I really hope that they take the Shadow of the Colossus route, specifically with naming Jordan. Like, I really hope that they just call it Turok and then Turok Two. I don't. I I hope it's not Turok remade or some some weird thing yeah. because I think it's been so long since those original games that Turok people could just reborn. see exactly. People could just see it as a as a new a new IP for a lot of people, right? Mm-hmm. And you could do the trailer so well, like. A first-person game where you're hunting dinosaurs with today's graphics and systems and stuff would do super well, especially on Xbox's stage, who has an audience uh, that they cater to that's mostly shooter fans, right, for the most part. Yeah. Um, and I think it'd be a really cool reveal. Uh, I, I wonder when the release date for this would be. 
I wonder if this might be the fall game for them and then Crackdown gets pushed again. Hopefully that's not the case. Um, I wonder if they're going to have some sort of mini event where we get the release date for this or the announcement of this along with the announcement of like State of Decay 2's release date um, right. beforehand. It's, it's very interesting. I think Turok is in a, is a, a very... I don't know how to put it. Like, the franchise is not beloved by a lot. There's people who love Turok, don't get me wrong. But it's not like the Resident Evils or, like, these super classic franchises. Yeah. Um, and I think bringing it out uh, renewed would pay huge dividends. And I don't think they need to rely on its past legacy because I don't think there's a lot there, you know? I think sell this right. as a new thing. Be like, for those of you who love Turok, here's a brand new Turok game, not... We've remade like the original game that none of you who play video games nowadays play because you're all under the age of 20, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. I, I'm interested. I think, like I said, the concept of shooting a shotgun, shooting a Velociraptor with a shotgun is dope. Um, sure. And it plays well with, like, the new Jurassic uh, World movie coming out this year, too, uh, yeah. which is awesome. Um, yeah, I don't think there's pretty much there. We don't really have – either of us have a history with Turok, um, but – it's cool to see some rumblings about Xbox exclusives since that's usually the, the talking point for so many people. That and whether right. or not it's a remake or remaster. Um, <laughs> the topic whether of the it's show, AAA or not. Exactly. Uh, the topic of the show is... Uh, it's just a, a kind of an open dialogue I want to have with you if we can kind of figure out what we think these games are. So Ubisoft reportedly has two more AAA games coming within the next year. And the reason it states two more is that we already know that the crew two is coming out and Skull of Bones, which Skull of Bones, uh, Skull and Bones to me definitely reads is a flop game. I don't think that game's going to do well at all. I think we'll it's see. them. Yeah, I, I'm very intrigued to see if people are worried about Sea of Thieves. Boy, howdy, be worried about Skull and Bones because it's a ship <laughs> combat game which does well on consoles. Um, <laughs> But apparently they have two more games coming within the next year that are AAA. So my assumption is a big fall title and then their spring title next year. That would be the right assumption, right? I would assume anyways, as far as their releases. What do we think those are, uh, Jordan? Like, We have some ideas. Is this Watch Dogs 3? Is this The Division 2? Is this that long-rumored Splinter Cell game that's been in development? Um, oh. Like, what, what are we thinking? I mean, also you have to put into account too we talked about this a couple weeks ago jordan what if this is another nintendo exclusive that ubisoft worked on for nintendo you, you know possibly possibly yeah so i, think, I just want to hear uh, from you what do you think the 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 most likely thing is for oh we yeah. also know it's on assassin's creed also so okay yeah so i definitely think that um they've you know they've got these tom clancy properties and really the only thing you got going right now is rainbow six and the division so um, yeah, Splinter Cell, it's like, how is that not... I think the the reason why is because they had one right at the tail end of last generation with Blacklist. But even still, it's time, man. I'm I'm so down. Give me that Splinter Cell. Um, I haven't played much of those games, but you know I love a good stealth shooter and I uh, love the Metal Gear Solid series, so I think that it'd be great. It's a great time for stealth games, and I think Splinter Cell would fit right into that. Um, besides that... I think Division 2 is a great um, guess. Uh, that game obviously did well enough to warrant a sequel, and it has been long enough. And then the only other thing, uh, besides, yeah, what you were saying, I don't think, don't quite think they they have another uh, Nintendo exclusive um, in the bag quite yet, but uh, yeah. I'm thinking a new IP, and I'm thinking it'll probably be along the lines of your Assassin's Creed, your Watch Dogs type deal. Um, but just something that we're, you know, not already familiar with. Something that um, feels different enough from those two to where it shouldn't be uh, necessarily a part of either of those franchises. So, um, I mean, we could obviously just take shots in the dark all day long, but could be some shit in space. Could be um, some time travel shit. Could be some uh, shooting velociraptors with a shotgun type shit. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, so as far as AAA games, we know that they're actively working on. They're working on the Avatar game, which isn't coming out anytime soon, much less in the next year. Jesus. Uh, Jesus. Which I think it's set to release near the second movie, um, which whenever that's coming out, James Cameron. Of, of the upcoming, what, five that they exactly. have planned on the books? Like, get out uh, of here. The other thing that they have actively in development is uh, Beyond Good and Evil 2, which that is another mm. four or five years out. Um, so those are definitely no's, I would assume, in the next year. 
Um, like you said, the Division 2 is very likely. Uh, I'm, I'm worried, not for the sales of it or anything, but for my own personal sanity. So, that game, so Division 2, say that is the, one of the games that's coming out in the next year. If it comes out in the fall, it has to be early enough, because that's definitely a game that would compete with Red Dead and get tarnished in sales due to Red Dead, I think, personally. Um, sure. Obviously, there's partially different audiences, but I think they're in the same wheelhouse for the most part. So that would have to come out earlier in the fall in order to not even have to compete with it. But if that's spring spring next year, then that means it's right there with Anthem. And that's tough because both of those games are games of services, and people are going to be choosing between those games if they come out within a month of each other. You know what I mean? Specific, those two games, if any, will be competing. Um, and I don't know who would win that battle. Obviously, Bioware doesn't have the same weight its name carries anymore, but it is EA, so they have marketing on their on their side. Ubisoft has marketing too, and the division already has a legacy built in of of people actually liking the game. So I don't want those games to release near each other. So that's kind of what I'm worried about. So it's like, where does Division Two fit in? You know what I mean? Do they want to compete yeah. with Red Dead or do they want to compete with Anthem? That's kind of tough. Um, but I am excited, like I said, um, for Division Two. Watch Dogs Three is an interesting one. I don't know how the sales numbers did. I know it didn't do like crazy numbers, but I don't think it did necessarily bad. This quick of a turnaround time for Watch Dogs Three would be kind of weird. If I had, if I was a betting mad, I would assume one is Division Two and one is a Splinter Cell, just because we've heard about that Splinter Cell game for so long. It would be surprising if we went another year with that one. Um, right. There's other games they can release within the year, but specifically because we're thinking AAA, we're not including the likes of a Rabbids game or a Trials game, which I would love for a Trials game, but it's not AAA. Mm. A new Rayman game wouldn't be AAA. A new Just Dance game, unless they consider that AAA that releases every year. Um, I, I, it no, really that's upsets not me what too. Talking about. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, it's really upsetting too that they have no mention of Ubi, uh, Ubi Arts games, which will happen to those. It's dead. It's, yeah. They just took it out back and fucking shot that. Uh, but it, I'm with you though. Division two, I think, is probably the most likely. It's the other one that's weird. Of like, you know, Watch Dogs three. Does that make sense this quick? Uh, you know, uh, what was the other thing? Oh, we know it's not Assassin's Creed, so that well, we assume it's not Assassin's Creed. They said Origins did so well that we shouldn't expect. They're very vague, but the way they made it sound is like, yeah, we're not getting an Assassin's Creed this year, or at least a mainline one. I think they've shifted Assassin's Creed over to the Far Cry model, which is every two years. Yeah. I'm trying to think, is there any Ubisoft property we're missing? Because obviously Far Cry is coming out. I'm just thinking of big Ubisoft titles that we're missing that we could possibly see. You know I... what You know what I'm about to say, Jared? What Motherfucking Prince of Persia! Inter- I that... need it. I want it. So I gotta have it. A new Prince of Persia would definitely have the time mechanics, because that's what makes Prince of Persia Prince of Persia. But you, do you think it would completely ditch the like climbing aspects do you think they they want to because if they're remaking it they'd want to differentiate it from assassin's, assassin's creed, creed right yeah it'd be I interesting there's like, a lot of things you could do to differentiate you know oh, yeah. i'm personally a fan of um the reboot where it was uh kind of cell shaded and and you couldn't die i still thought that that game had a lot of cool stuff to it um and I like the Forgotten Sands, which was like, uh, you know, kind of 1.5 in the Sands of Time trilogy. Um, so, yeah, I think there's there's just so much cool stuff that you've got there. Maybe they're worried about, you know, the, the brand because of uh, the way the movie went down. But <laughs> Jake like, Gyllenhaal, it's, yeah. It's time, you know. It is time well, to bring that shit back. I think the biggest mistake they can make is making it open world. For me... The way a Prince of Persia game would hook me is because with the time mechanic, I see it in my weird mind. I see it more as like a puzzle game of you figuring out how to get through these situations, right? Using the mechanics. Mm. Um, I would love to see it more of a, a tomb ri- a tomb rider, a tomb raider kind of situation where there are uh, bigger areas. It's not necessarily open world, but you have these areas you can explore and figure out things, right? I just, yeah. I think hitting op- open world definitely screams. This is like Assassin's Creed, but not, you know, on the surface of, right. like, surface level looking at it, which is dumb, but people do do that as consumers. Um, I, I I would be interested in New Prince of Persia. I'm not completely, like, off-put by that idea. I, I'm just interested to see how they would set it apart and make it unique. The other thing that you brought up, too, is a new IP. Like, we didn't know about Division. That's a new IP. We didn't know about Watch Dogs. Like, 
Ubisoft is pretty good at every couple years giving us something, a brand new IP. So maybe it is a new IP. Maybe it's Division 2 and something we don't even know about. Um, well, Division is technically a new IP, but it is a Tom Clancy Tom Clancy, IP, exactly, so yeah. They could just dig into their Tom Clancy bag, which is enormous, and, you know, pull something did, out of there. What's the last sci-fi game that Ubisoft did? I'm trying to think. Do they do sci-fi? Hmm. Well, like, obviously, Assassin's Creed is loosely sci-fi with a lot of the, the stuff. Well, it's. I wouldn't even say it's loosely sci-fi. I'd say it's a total sci-fi game, you know? Yeah, I'm talking about, like, yeah, uh, but... For me, when I when I'm talking about like a sci-fi genre, yeah, you think I, more like space and, or like yeah, and tech. technolo- yeah. technology and shit. But technically, you know, you are oh yeah, it's definitely sci-fi. The genetic memories uh, from the future. So yeah. But anyways, um, I can't think of a uh, like a a pure sci-fi game for Ubisoft. Maybe that's what they dip into. Yeah. We've heard about another heard- cool thing would be is if they just really dove into an RPG. And a lot of people talked about Origins Ooh, yeah. having um, a lot more RPG elements, but you know, from my perspective, which is of someone who's been playing every Assassin's Creed mainline game as they've come out over the years, Assassin's Creed has been slowly, slowly, slowly dipping its toe into the RPG water. Oh, and of course, yeah. they're closer than they've ever been, but I'm just like, fucking make it an RPG. It would be awesome. And so they're not going to do it with assassin's creed go full bore with that i would like to see them do it you know maybe with Dude, a different franchise now that you say that yeah like a full-fledged hardcore rpg from ubisoft yeah like uh you know bioware re- style mass effect type deal yeah i'd be really interested in that because like as much shit as people give ubisoft for like yeah it's a ubisoft game because there's towers and and uh icons everywhere i mean yeah yeah, but like, I don't know. For for me, I think Ubisoft does a really good job of giving you value for your sixty dollars a lot of the time, which I appreciate. Of like, yeah, people complain but about like. Also, I think the reason people complain about all those icons on the map and like Unity especially was bad because you you unlock the map once you get into the open world and it is literally covered. Oh god! The thing that I think people are are complaining about is that so much of it is just filler. filler. It's just yeah. flat. It's just there to pad out the game so you feel like you got your $60, whereas something like The Witcher, it's it's dense and thick. It has a lot of value to each one of those points on the map. So, Yeah, but, I mean, there, there again, too, the, opposite, the, the pros and cons is that for a game like Witcher 3, you have to wait a substantial amount of time for that to come out, which is great when you're able to play it and sit down with it, whereas you have a Ubisoft game like that every year, so it's kind of like... You can have both, right? You can have that that Witcher yep. three game that you play every five years. That's like a meaty, meaty game, and then it's like in between. Yeah. It's like I just want to, you know, mess I'm, around. I'm okay with Far Cry not being the deepest shit that I play yeah. all year. You know, we need okay we need that, that polarity because you know, yeah, good old fashioned depending fun. exactly. Um, that's it for the news and our topic of what, what we expect. You we didn't really land on an answer. I think we both agree, like. Yeah, Division 2 and something else probably. It's hard with yeah. Ubisoft because they, they're in a, a position now where they put out so many games that it's hard to figure out what exactly their plan is, you know. Um, right. But yeah, I'd be interested to see a, a new, a fully-fledged hardcore RPG. That'd be dope uh, with the way Ubisoft works. They have a million teams, so they can put a lot of hard work into it. Um, yeah. I guess that's pretty much it for Episode 88. Let's talk about what we're going to be playing and all that good stuff. Uh, Monster Hunter World as usual. Uh, Celeste, like I said, I'm three hours in. I think the game's only five hours long. Excuse me. I definitely want it to be a game that I finish this week. Um, those are my two priorities. Obviously, Wolfenstein 2 is there. And then uh, I talked about Subnautica last week. I don't know if you've heard about this game, Jordan. Uh, I have, yeah. Yeah. I told Dom that I wouldn't play it until I beat, beat one of the three games I have, meaning Monster Hunter World, which isn't happening anytime soon, Celeste or Wolfenstein, right? Kind of just, like, to temper myself, because, like, I'm enjoying all the games, but I don't want to put too much on my play, and then something gets lost in the way, because I actually am enjoying these games and loving playing them. Um, yeah. So, I didn't, I haven't played it yet. I did purchase it, which I, I just, you know, like, purchased it, gave me the, the, the rush that I needed. So, I'm still yeah. trying to finish one of these games so I can play it. Um, I need to watch Altered Carbon. I need to watch The Ritual. Um, and like I said, I, I, 
uh, Ladybird as well, and Cloverfield Paradox. Cloverfield Paradox is definitely on my the top. I would say number one on my list. And I know there's mixed reviews, and some people hate it, and some people really liked it. But I I really enjoy the Cloverfield universe, and I'm gonna watch it no matter what. People, it could have been an over astounding. This movie's awful. Has a zero percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and I still would watch it. Um, just because I, I have so much love for that universe and there's issues and I know all that stuff. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, that's on my list there too. There's nothing new that comes out this week. Uh, as far as Netflix and stuff, there's obviously black Panther, which we're both watching this weekend. Super excited. Um, highest Ryan tomato score for an MCU movie. Uh, mm. it's, it's, it's basically guess to open a box office with $170 million, which is awesome. Um, not getting too political or anything, but I think it's great that we're finally in this modern era of superhero movies that we're getting a African-American superhero that's probably going to have a franchise moving forward. I think it's super cool. Being a white kid growing up, you don't really notice that stuff. And, you know, it's like, oh, it's not that big of an issue. But having friends who are African-American and uh, having people I know that have kids that are African-American, for them to look up to a superhero as badass as Black Panther, he's cool. Like, he's just a cool superhero, and it's cool for them yeah. to have an icon, you know? So I think that's really dope, and I'm excited to see Black Panther, especially with Kendrick's soundtrack. Mm, beautiful. Hell yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, what about you? Is Question, though, is Black Panther an African-American hero or just an African hero? I would say African, but coming from the perspective of people in the United States going to watch the movie, I'm saying he represents African-Americans. Sure, you know what I mean? sure, sure. But he, obviously there's, he technically represents African people as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I was coming with that. Yeah. For sure, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, shout out to the what you just mentioned, the Kendrick Lamar soundtrack. He basically curated the soundtrack for Black Panther and then featured himself on the songs with the artist that he brought in for I think five of the songs on there um, so that's very cool that they did it that way that they decided to to bring uh, or um, you know use that approach I guess is the way I'm, what I'm trying to say um, so I'm very excited about that going to see that here in a few hours um, and then yeah I'm I'm assuming that I'm going to end up playing some games this week. Um, I think I might jump back into Neo because I don't want to get too far away from that game because obviously I've mentioned you know how hard it is to kind of go back into that game. Usually any game, even if it is a deep RPG, I can jump back in and um, you know, usually the first time I jump back in, I give myself kind of a refreshment session where get I just Get rid of your kind of sea like, legs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just like, you know, remember all the different menu options or how, how attacking works, the button combinations, whatever it may be. But Neo's much harder to do that with because of how fucking complicated that game is. So I need to get back to that before I fucking forget everything again. Um, but anyways, probably that. I uh, went ahead and pulled down the Kingdom Hearts 1.5 and 2.5 out of my library on PS4. Um, because you know what, Jared, I fucking had the conversation with Dom when he was on the show, you know, a couple weeks ago or whatever, like, I'm not believing this fucking hype that it's coming out this year because Nomura said last year it's years away. Yeah. And then all of a sudden D23 Japan rolls around and, and people have just gotten in my fucking brain and now I'm thinking it might be happening. So I don't know. I still don't actually believe in the depths of my soul that it is coming out this year but regardless it is probably about time to start playing them because there are so many fucking games that if i want to actually go back through the series before the third one comes out i'm gonna to need to start <laughs> give myself some leeway so if you're somebody who only plays square enix games you must have a lot of trust issues in your life you yeah. know because <laughs> jesus yeah that would suck okay also wrong, real it's, quick it's 14 years since kingdom hearts 2 right is that right? Uh, I think you're probably about right. You're yeah, probably okay. about right there. Yeah. Practically anyway, 14 years since the Kingdom Hearts 3 reveal trailer, for God's sake. <laughs> sorry, what were you going to uh, say? But about? anyways. Well, I was just going to say, back to the whole AAA, AA discussion, Japan. Japan is your biggest supplier of AA games, because really Square Enix is the only AAA developer coming out of Japan with games like Final Fantasy. Um, then, you know, Capcom will have a Resident Evil um, but other than that, all you know, your Tales games, your um, Xenoblade Chronicles games, those are double A games. Most of them, you know, don't have fully voice acted um, dialogue 
and they've got uh, really I think I consider Monster Hunter to be a double A game. I know it's sold really well, but you know the lip syncing is terrible, and the a lot of the textures aren't quite up to AAA standards even on a PS4 Pro, and a lot of the dialogue isn't actually voice acted. So yeah, there's there's just those production values. That's what I consider to be AAA, not how many people are at your studio, because fucking Rocksteady's making AAA games with 150 people, you know, where most AAA studios are bigger than that. But it doesn't matter, because they have the production value to make Arkham Knight a AAA game, whereas, you know, Monster Hunter, where they can't match the lips, or... Um, the Souls series from From Software where they don't even have lips move. It's like, that's production value that is missing in order to make it a AAA game. So Japan is another huge, huge, uh, you know, feather in my cap for my um, my argument. Double A Hill. Double A yeah. games, exactly. <laughs> so don't be coming at me with that double A's gone bullshit. Uh. Yeah, thank you guys for listening to episode 88 of the Controlled Interest Gamecast. Next week we should have Ian on and we should have Dom back. Um, hopefully, yeah. yeah, hopefully we'll have a four-man crew next week. Uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening and or watching wherever you intake us. If you can, please subscribe to us on YouTube. It definitely helps us. Even if you don't watch the video format, um, please just go and subscribe. It helps us out. Uh, speaking of YouTube, uh, our the first episode of our new uh, Look Back At series where there are 20- to 30-minute conversations about older games. Um came out last i think last week yeah last week it came out the first episode features dom and jordan talking about batman arkham city so definitely check that out they talk about uh, all the goodness of the arkham series as it relates to um arkham city and if you can please follow us and review us on itunes it definitely helps as well um yeah it's pretty much it uh, i'm probably going to be putting up uh, like an impressions monster hunter impressions video with b-roll and stuff Sometime either this weekend or early next week as well. Um, so look out for that as well. I was gathering B-roll today. I made sure to uh, wear the, uh, the 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 beginning game uh, gear, Jordan, because people are so... Uh, spoilers in, in, in Monster Hunter relate to, I guess, armor and stuff, and I just don't really want to deal with people complaining about oh, it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I'm just like, I'm going to go base armor and just chill. Also, yeah. shout out to Poogie, the little pet pig in Astera, one of the cutest things in video games. Got to go pet that boy. <laughs> Um, some, some, people, boy. some people name him Bacon which I think is cruel as heck uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much it uh, we'll catch you guys next week with episode 89 and hopefully we get some big substantial news I, we haven't gotten like a big meaty news story in, in probably like three weeks I would say right two or three weeks there's Just been wait. like some good news but nothing like oh my god that happened um, so yeah mm. definitely tune in and we'll catch you guys next time bye <laughs>